0: Here we go everybody Another edition of Jamal About Sports Coming to you on a Tuesday night January 18th 2022 Kicking off the show Big time by Peter Gabriel Off the uh, Smash hit album So Big show to get to Football heavy As we uh, Go through The Results of the Super Wild card weekend uh, and we will do a little Knicks talk, too, at the end of the show. But we start in the NFL, and we start with my guy, Matthew Stafford. Right? We talked about it on last week's show, the narrative around Matthew that um, he's a stat padder, puts up big numbers on bad teams, he's not a winner, 0-3 in the playoffs as if, as if he's a starting pitcher, Right? Uh, you know this this whole quarterback wins uh, set that exists now in the media um, is is ridiculous, right as, as if I mean look, two things can be true, right? We, we've unfortunately in today's society in all walks of life that that people don't understand or can't seem to grasp a concept that two things can be true. So yes, the quarterback can be the most important position for a team's success probably in any professional sport. But, you also need to be in a good organization and have good players around you in order to be successful. I mean, do you think Tom Brady would be Tom Brady if he got drafted by the Jets and not the Patriots? Look at this year. Look at Zach Wilson on the Jets and look at Mac Jones on... The Patriots. You're going to tell me Mac Jones is more talented than Zach Wilson? He's not. But the Patriots are a far superior organization, have a better roster, and a much better head coach than the Jets. And I'm not picking on the Jets. I mean, look at Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. He was arguably the most talented quarterback in this draft, and by a lot. And he had a miserable rookie year. Peyton Manning, by the way, had a miserable rookie. Rookie year Generally High draft pick quarterbacks Go to bad teams Not generally, always And Matthew Stafford Got drafted by the Detroit Lions Coming off the heels of an 0-16 season Which at that point Was the only time that had ever Happened in the history of the NFL And again, not just 0-16 It wasn't as if that season were An anomaly They went 1-7 their last eight the season before. So that's 1-23. The Lions were a mess for eight years under Matt Millen. Eight years, again, in a league that is designed for teams to not have to stay bad for an extended period because of the salary cap and the draft. And yet the Lions were an unmitigated disaster for eight seasons before Matthew Stafford showed up. He got drafted in 09. In 2011, they were in the playoffs. That is a remarkable turnaround. Remarkable. And if you think Matthew Stafford is the reason why the Lions were 0-3 in the playoff games, you don't know anything about football. The first game against the Saints, he played great. Matched Drew Brees toe to toe for a while. He was not the reason why they lost that game. The second playoff game was in 2014 against the Cowboys. That was the infamous pick up the pass interference flag. That is the infamous Jim Caldwell deciding to punt. On fourth and one When it was clear the momentum of that game After they picked up the flag When it was clear the momentum of that game Was shifting towards the Cowboys And then Sam Martin ripping off a ten yard punt Now To be fair Stafford played pretty well in that game To be fair Lions got the ball back With a chance to go down and drive the length of the field And go win the game and he didn't do it He got sacked and fumbled on that drive Cowboys tried to pick it up, did pick it up, fumbled, lions recovered it back, got a second chance, and then got sacked and fumbled later on in that drive. Now that's not all on him, right? Riley Reef might have wanted to block DeMarcus Lawrence at some point. But if you're going to be fair, if I'm going to be fair, he was not the reason they lost that game, but he had a chance to go win it and he didn't. Obviously the officiating had a huge played a huge role in that game. And then the last game was against against the Seahawks. The Lions were an overmatched team to begin with. They limped in. He had a broken finger. Golden Tate dropped a huge third down conversion pass on the first drive of the game. Eric Ebron dropped a huge pass on the second drive of the game that would at minimum set the Lions up first and 10 in field goal range. And they could never recover, and that was that. So he certainly was not the reason why they lost that game to Seattle. But nobody wants to see, nobody wants to actually do the work and investigate and go back and look at this stuff. It's just much easier to be lazy and write, oh, Matthew Stafford is 0 3 in the playoffs. Well, he's not anymore. Because the Rams put a beat down and did a number on Arizona yesterday. And we talked about it last week. Look, Arizona had been terrible since they started ten and two. Including a, a beatdown at the hands of my Lions. And we asked the question, is this who they are? Is this, this is this sim has this recent stretch of bad play is this indicative of, of a deeper issue, underlying issue there in Arizona? Because again, they've got stars on that team. If you think the quarterback's a star, and by the way, you watch any show on ESPN, they will tell you how great Kyler Murray is. Right, And I understand they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, I don't want to hear it. Teams are banged up like crazy at this point in the year. Rams were missing two of their starting safeties. Is that as important to them as DeAndre Hopkins is to Arizona? No. But they're missing both their starting saf- They had to sign Eric Weddle out of retirement. Eric Weddle wasn't any good the last two years he was in the league. He was old and over the hill. Hadn't played since 2019. <laughs> so every team's dealing with injuries at this part, point of the season going into the playoffs. So I don't want to hear about oh, how badly Kyler Murray missed DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry, still got Christian Kirk, still got A.J. Green, still got Zach Ertz, you still have Chase Edmonds, you still have James Conner. You have weapons. Oh, and... and, and, and uh, Rondell Moore, little speedy receiver out of Purdue. So you got plenty of guys, plenty of guys. I don't want to hear it. And Matthew Stafford played a great game last night. Now, did he put up big gaudy numbers? No, didn't need to. It's amazing what happens when you're on a good team that can run the ball and has a really good defense, like the Rams do. You don't have to be a hero. You don't have to do everything yourself like he basically had to when he was at the Lions. He was efficient, smart, careful. First touchdown pass to Odell Beckham was a thing of beauty. First play of the game, by the way, audibled into that run. That was not the play that was called. Of course, the guys on TV won't point that out because it's Matthew Stafford. If that was Aaron Rodgers, they'd still be talking about how, how savvy and smart he is that was Tom Brady, forget it. But if you noticed, if you're paying attention, he audibled into that first play, that play that Sony Michel popped for like 30 yards. He did everything right last night, everything. Did what was asked. Good job by Sean McVay. Right? And look, I understand Cardinals helped them out. They played terrible. They played a terrible game. That 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 pick six that Kyler Murray threw. I mean, that's that's that that is clown show stuff of the highest order, right? That's that's almost Mark Sanchez butt fumble, bad. That's Bobby Brister when he was on the Jets, bad. When Sam Mills, I think, uh, re- re- intercepted or. or think there was a shotgun snap that bounced off Bubby Brister that Sam Mills who was coming on a blitz caught in the air and ran back for a touchdown. I want to say. It sounds familiar to me for some reason. I mean, that was awful. I mean, take the safety there. You can't just throw the ball up underhanded as you're being tackled in the end zone. I mean, you should know better. So Did Stafford need to be great last night? No. But, you know, what was he? 17 for 22. 200 yards, two touchdowns throwing. One touchdown rushing. No interceptions, no fumbles. Took a couple sacks smartly. Didn't try to force the issue. He played great. And again, I understand he played in Detroit, and Detroit is not a national story. Only when they're really bad are they a national story. But if you're a Lions fan, you know this. There is no better face of a franchise or representative of a franchise than Matthew Stafford. The guy did everything right, was accountable, worked his tail off both in the weight room and in the film room. The players on that team love the guy. Look at all the tweets from former teammates today wishing him congratulations, both on both sides of the ball. Did a ton of work in the community. Donated a playground. Did all kinds of stuff. He's everything you want. Is he a smug prick asshole like Aaron Rodgers? No, he's not. Is he a whore shill like Aaron Rodgers who will do any commercial that comes his way? No, he's not. He's about as good a guy as you're going to get. He's about, he is the quintessential face of a franchise. Couldn't be happier for the guy. And I understand that there is a contingent of Lions fans out there that wanted to see the Rams have a bad record and wanted to see them lose even last night, so that the the draft pick that the Lions are gonna is are going to get from the Rams this year is a higher pick. Look, it's going to be a first round pick. If Brad Holmes and company, the Lions front office, can't figure out how to make two first round picks effective. You know, starters, guys that are, are are pieces you help build around. Then that's on them. I understand the sentiment, but if you really, I mean, h- how you could root against Matthew Stafford if you're a Lions fan is beyond me. I mean, the guy did everything right. Even the way he he left, he did it right. He asked. He didn't throw a little hissy fit. He didn't do, you know, a, a Hamlet if willie he, won't he nonsense like Brett Favre did and now Aaron Rodgers likes to do through his friends in the media you know and 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 let it get out there that he's upset with the front office cuz he doesn't have enough input and all this other diva bullshit he doesn't do that he quietly went to the owner and said guys i think it's time i've been here 10 years it's not working can can you get me can 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 you accommodate me Class act all the way, Matthew Stafford. Couldn't be happier for the guy. And again, they didn't have to rely on him to do everything for them yesterday. That defense came to play. Aaron Aaron Donald was a beast as usual. Von Miller played a great game. The Rams defense as a whole flying all over the place. And then the offense, look, Odell Beckham Jr. looks like kind of vintage prime Odell Beckham Jr. He looks like kind of the Giants Odell Be- Beckham Jr. He seems to have been rejuvenated out there in L.A. Running crisp Sprouts, catching the ball with his hands. Running hard, playing hard. Cooper Cup, we all know, is a stud. Van Jefferson's a deep threat. They hit him on a staff perfectly feathered one into him last night for 40 yards. Tyler Higbee's an effective tight end. They've Now they got Cam Akers back miraculously six months after an Achilles injury, which is unheard of. Guys never come back from that injury, let alone in under a year. And He looked feisty and spry. Sonny Michel is decent. He's not great. He's decent enough. It's a very good team They absolutely can go beat Tom Brady in Tampa Bay On Sunday Absolutely can And now If you're Matthew Stafford You're basically I mean and look He doesn't look at it this way Right He understands He's not dumb He's smart that he's never On social media His wife is a lot But he's not So he But he knows He knows what's said And written about him He doesn't care I mean, does he want to win for his teammates and his coach? Of course, and himself. Yeah, of course he does. But he's not—he's not wanted. And look, maybe this will be. Maybe this is his "quote-unquote" fatal flaw. He's not a psychopath like Tom Brady and Michael Jordan and guys like that, and Tiger Woods, who come up with these imagined slights and use that as fuel and as fire. Right? That's not who Matthew Stafford is. He's actually a well-rounded. Human being (laughs) So Look maybe And maybe it takes that Maybe it takes A complete You know Sociopathic Personality I don't know I'd like to think it doesn't But um, You know They're going to be the underdog It's not going to be huge Probably three Maybe four Four and a half But But He's certainly not expected to go beat the great Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Nothing would make me happier, by the way, if that happens. God, that would make me thrilled. Be thrilled for him as a not as somebody who is not a Tom Brady guy. That would make me happy. Make me happy in a lot of ways. You know. I'm not I'm certainly no Tampa Bay fan. They're always a thorn in my side when they used to play in the same division as the Lions cuz they're always terrible. The Lions would always figure out a way to lose at least once a year to them. Especially in my early days as a Lions fan. The Lions would go like 9 and 7 and that was before there were two wild card teams. There was only one. And that wouldn't get you in the wild card. So, you know, 9 and 7, 8 and 8, 10 and 6 could get you the division win. In the old NFC Central But the Lions would end up losing to a bad Tampa team Once a year And that would keep them out of the playoffs So there was a thorn in my side then Then they got good when Dungy got there And they had, you know Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch Those guys on defense And Rondé Barber So they were a thorn in my side then too And now they're just annoying. The coach is annoying. I used to like B.A., Bruce Arians. Now he's just a big loud mouth full of hot air. You know, the, the way they handled the Antonio Brown thing was, was shameful. And, and giving him 17 different chances. So, would love to see the Rams go beat Tampa Bay on Sunday. But congratulations, Matthew. Good for you. Nobody deserves it more. Nobody. All right, move on. Cincy Oakland. That was a wacky game. Jerome Boger. Known to be one of the worst referees in the NFL. How this guy keeps getting playoff games, I don't know. And this idea that the NFL came up with a few years ago where they take supposedly the best members of various crews and then put them together for the playoffs is terrible. I mean, you see guys are confused. You're seeing way more, you know, examples of 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 these crews huddling up. They're not getting. You know, I mean, it's 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 bad for the flow of the game. I understand you're trying to get it right, but there seems to be very little continuity among these amongst these crews. It's a bad idea. And what happened in that since Oakland game was was ridiculous. I mean, look, there was the whole phantom whistle, or it wasn't a phantom whistle. The whistle when Burrow rolled out and threw him back the end zone to Tyler Boyd. I mean. They play, and, then, and and the league had the nerve to say the whistle came after he caught it. No, it didn't. Came right before he caught it. You kind of saw guys pull up. I don't know that it would have made a difference. But if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm livid. But then they also called a horrendous roughing the passer penalty on the Bengals on the last drive of the game when the Raiders, it looked like they were going to come down and maybe tie the game. And you know, look, the Bengals kick a field goal there if they if that because that was on third down, or if they replayed the down and they don't score, they you know, worse they're going to kick a field goal. It probably changes some of the decisions that happened in the game. I mean, it I, I would not be thrilled if I were a Raiders fan, but you can't say you lost the game because of that. And to the Raiders' credit, the players and Rich Pasquale, the coach, they did not blame that on the game. I mean, look, Derek Carr had a chance to go down and tied. He threw a bad interception late in the game. I mean, you know, let's just be honest. The Raiders got called for a million penalties. Some of them were legit. I mean, the offensive line got called for a bunch of holding penalties. Most of them were legitimate. I thought they made some bad calls against the Bengals. I mean, just it was just a sloppy game from a penalties perspective. Um, And it just didn't have a good rhythm or flow. Uh, but Burrow played great. You know, again, not huge numbers—240 something yards, two touchdowns, but no turnovers. I mean, that's what I said, right? Just don't throw up on yourself, and you'll win. And if you can control the Raiders' pass rush enough, and that's what exactly what they did. It's exactly what the Bengals did. Now they sustained some key injuries. Larry Joby's out for the rest of the playoffs. He hurt his foot, unfortunately. Trey Hendrickson had a concussion. I, you, you, you know. In the old days, you'd think, oh, no way he's missing this week. You, you don't know, right? Those those things are, you know, they take them much more seriously now as well they should. Um, so if those, you know, Joby we know he's not going to play. If Hendrickson doesn't play, that's a huge loss for them. He's their best player on defense. So we'll see what happens there. Can Cincy beat Tennessee? A hundred percent Yes. I want to see how healthy they are before I make that call. But if Trey Hendrickson plays in that game, I think I like Cincy. I mean, I don't even know how the Titans had the best record and, and they're the number one seed to begin with. Now, give them credit. They withstood the losses of, of Derrick Henry, their great running back, and A.J. Brown, who missed a bunch of games, their top receiver. Um, But there's nothing that, that Tennessee does – exceptionally well Like they're okay rushing the pass or they're not great they're okay run defense they're a great running team when Derrick Henry is in there he did play a little bit in the last game they've had an extra week off so if he's healthy that does change the equation for sure it definitely does but again Bengals with that firepower and offense they are scary Then the next game, Buffalo-New England, I mean, wow. Biggest blowout of the weekend. Buffalo just punched the the, the Patriots in the mouth right from the get-go. When it looked like the Patriots had a chance to get back in the game, Micah Hyde made a beautiful interception in the end zone to stifle that drive and pretty much end any hope that the Patriots had. I mean, they got their tails kicked in that game. Buffalo had seven possessions and scored seven touchdowns. The only They never punted, and the only time they didn't score is when they took a knee at the end of the game. That's how good Buffalo's offense was. Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator, is getting a job. I mean, he was highly sought after last year. He's going to be highly sought after this year now with eight positions open because the Raiders are looking for a new coach probably. Well, they are looking. They may give Bisaccia a chance, I guess, to to keep the job. But Brian Dable's going to get a job. And if I had to handicap it, it looks like this Joe Schoen, who's the assistant GM there, who just had his second interview with the Giants, you could see that that would make a lot of sense. That he would take the GM job and he'd bring Brian Dable with him. Makes a lot of sense. May not work out. On paper makes a lot of sense Particularly I mean if you're the Giants You want to see Give Daniel Jones one more year You may as well I mean unless they're going to fall in love with one of these other quarterbacks again And they're picking high And they've got two high picks And you could still do both I guess Although that makes no sense But if you're going to try to let Daniel Jones Give him one more chance Great guy to do it with is Brian Dable. Look what he does with Josh Allen. Look how creative they are. Now, look, Stefan Diggs is a great player. He's a great, great wide receiver. But, I mean, look how they use these other guys. This McKenzie and Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox, a tight end who's developing into a very, very good player and a major threat. Um, I mean, the Patriots had no answer. None. Zero. On defense And Look It's exactly what we said Uh, Mac Jones On the road Rookie QB You expect him to struggle And he did Thought his season was a little overrated Beat up on a bunch of bad teams The one game they won in Buffalo He literally threw the ball three times Not saying he won't be a good quarterback Think it will be. Probably will be. Solid. But, you know, there were people getting crazy saying, you know, he's gonna be another Tom Brady or some nonsense like that. I mean, let's let's not let's get let's not let's not get at let's not get nuts here. So good for Buffalo. Look, we talked about it last week. You guys want to say you're you know you're the next up and comers? Well, go ahead and figure out a way to beat the Patriots at home in the playoffs. <laughs> not only do they beat him, they whooped them so good for the Bills I mean the Patriots They they looked like Basically their season was smoke and mirrors Which a little bit, it kind of was a little bit They didn't beat very many good teams They were bad their last They got one and four their last five games Patriots um, They look old, they look slow I mean, the Patriots' offense, really, they, I mean, they have nothing to speak of as far as a game-breaker on that offense. I mean, their, their receivers are about as pedestrian as they get. You know, the running game, I understand they had that one great game against the Bills where the Bills sort of got punched in the mouth and they never recovered. I mean, other than that, the Patriots' running game is fine, but they don't have a big stud back there running the ball either. You know, I Hunter Henry's a really good tight end. Okay, good for you. Then the Philly-Tampa Bay game, and we talked about that. Probably one of the most boring games of the weekend. Um, You know, Philly, could argue, had no business even being in the playoffs, and that game was really never close. Not much to talk about there. Biggest issue there, actually, is for Tampa Bay. If if, uh, Tristan Wirfs, their fine-right tackle, uh, who got hurt in the game, if he can't go against that Rams front, that could be a major problem for Tampa Bay on Sunday. Then we get to probably the most interesting game, which we said it would be, and that was the Dallas-San Francisco game. This was a weird game. San Francisco clearly looked like the better coached and better prepared team right from the get-go. Dallas was jittery, a million pre-snap penalties. San Francisco was poised, composed, creative, Kyle Shanahan, their head coach, slash I guess play caller. Got gets very creative, finds ways to get Debo Samuel the ball, who's a dynamic player when he gets the ball in his hands. San Francisco defense is good. Talked about that. With no Nick Bosa, who got hurt in that game. On a play that was very ugly. Thankfully, it was, quote-unquote, only a concussion. Uh, looked like... That play looked very similar to the play that Dennis Byrd, former defensive end for the Jets, got paralyzed on, where he smashed headfirst into his own player. That's what Bosa did on Sunday. Um, you know, wasn't... It was just one of those plays, you know, kind of meet at the quarterback and hit his own guy, and his neck snapped back. It looked bad. But that... That 49ers defense is good. Fred Warner got hurt in that game too. He claims he's gonna go. They're fine linebacker. I mean, they got Greenlaw and Warner linebacker. Jaquiski Tart and, and 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 um the kid from Northern Illinois, Jimmy Ward at safeties. Those guys can play. The front for San Francisco is good. Enrique Armstead and Bosa got some good players there. And, But if you were rooting against Dallas or if you were rooting for San Francisco, you know, you couldn't help but feel they should have been up more than they were, right? It was 13 nothing, it was 22-7. You're like, you know, we should, we should be killing these guys. And they kind of let Dallas hang around. They kind of let Dallas hang around. And the one thing Jimmy G couldn't do, the quarterback for the Niners, he did. And he threw a terrible, needless interception that got Dallas back in the game. But what is Mike McCarthy? First of all, I've long maintained that Mike McCarthy is a bad coach. If you ever listen to this show, you know I don't think much of him as a coach. When he's a head coach at Green Bay, he had Aaron Rodgers, and then by extension the referees to bail his ass out constantly. Not a good coach. He's had clock management issues his whole career. And then the, the, the Cowboys go for a fake punt, get it. About to swing momentum in their favor. And then instead of just lining up and running a normal play and seizing on that momentum, what do they do? They try to get cute and run out there with another punt formation. To do what exactly? You know what they did? They confused themselves and had to take a delay, a game penalty, thereby blunting the momentum that they had just created by getting a first down on a fake punt. One of the more asinine things I've ever seen in my life watching football for the last 42 years. Ridiculous. That was idiotic. And then, of course, the quarterback draw call, which they're going to still be stubborn about and double down and say it was the right call. You don't run a play in the middle of the field with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. I'm sorry. You don't. You had two shots at the end zone from where they were on the field right there, or you try to get another 5, 10 yards with a quick out, which, by the way, the 49ers were inexplicably giving Dallas the sidelines. Now, to be fair, the first play that got 20 yards was a very clever, well designed hook and lateral play, which Dallas had tried earlier in the game and would have gotten a big play on, but uh, Cedric Wilson threw the ball over the, uh, the trail receiver's head and out of bounds. But they hit on this one. Now, even if they, Dallas goes, gets up, and spikes the ball, they've got time for one play from what? Like the 25-yard line? I mean, there's no guarantee they're going to they're gonna score there and win the game. No guarantee they're not. But, I mean, idiotic beyond belief quarterback draw there. Idiotic. Cowboys had 14 penalties. At, at minimum, six were the pre-snap variety. They jumped off sides a bunch of times to give the 49ers' first downs. I mean, they exhibited all the traits of a poorly coached team, did the Cowboys. And I understand they gave McCarthy a vote of confidence yesterday. I don't know if they unequivocally said he'll be back as the head coach. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, former quarterback in college at Boise State, should have had an undefeated career as a quarterback in college. The only reason Boise I think they I think he had two losses while he was there, and both were because the kicker either missed chip shot, field goals, or extra points. It was a backup quarterback for the Lions. His first year, they stashed him on the practice squad. He played in preseason. He looked like he had no business being in the NFL. To his credit, went and worked his butt off in the offseason, came back stronger. You could see he put on weight. His arm got stronger. And he was a competent backup quarterback in the NFL He's a coach's son His father was a coach Jerry Jones loves him The guy was made to be a coach Made to be a coach He's young, he's 34 But he is highly sought after I know Denver wants to interview He may have already interviewed with Denver He's going to be on a couple other interview lists Jerry doesn't want to lose him Would not be surprised to see Mike McCarthy quote-unquote step down and or see Dallas just flat-out fire him and Kellen Moore get elevated to be the head coach there. Now look, San Francisco looked like the better team. Except a quarterback. Dak Prescott's more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo. And San Francisco didn't win that game because Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. But I mean, the Cowboys. I mean, CeeDee Lamb never showed up. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is is done. I mean, he's 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 about as pedestrian a running back as it gets. Now. I mean, he gets what's there, and that's about it. Uh, very stubborn by McCarthy and company. There, why, why Pollard didn't get uh, more touches and playing time head-scratching decision, frankly. I mean, I understand they love Zeke for pass pro, and that's all well and good. I mean, you, you got to figure out a way to get creative and get Pollard the ball. And Michael Parsons had a great rookie year, and he made a couple plays in that game. He he mostly got his 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 hat handed to him in that game. I mean, 49ers, that Elijah Mitchell, that rookie running back, man, does he run hard. And then they get Debo involved in the run game too, and then in the, in the short passing game. and Very creative offense. Now they have the unenviable task of trying to go win on the road in Green Bay. Look, I like that San Francisco team a lot. I think they're very well coached. Uh, I just I don't have a lot of faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't. I mean he's not bad But he ain't great He's not great And then You had Pittsburgh Kansas City Which For about half a second Pittsburgh Grinded and hung in there They got You know They got an, a big turnover Early with Watt Tipping the ball uh, And the Steelers Getting an interception And then you had the, the fumble recovery By Watt For a touchdown And they were up 7 nothing. And then the Chiefs Said okay Let's Everybody relax Let's let's settle down here And then the route was on 41-21 It wasn't even that close Kansas City did what Kansas City does Now they've got Jarek McKinnon Looks like could be their next dual threat Out of the backfield Interesting case I remember he was a draft pick For Minnesota Several years ago Always flashed a lot of potential Was stuck behind Dalvin Cook Went to the 49ers they had big plans for him. He got hurt there, um, and now he's with the forty. Uh, now he's with Kansas City, and uh, he had a hell of a game against Pittsburgh the other night. And you know what? Like Pittsburgh, good. Good for them, though, right? Like that, they weren't a very good team this year. I mean, but they don't quit. They battle. That's what Mike Tomlin does. I don't think they've ever had a losing record. Since Tomlin's been there, it's got to be close to twenty years now. So, you know, it's a credit to them and that organization, to him, him being Mike Tomlin and Roethlisberger, that look. You know, he he was pretty much shot this year, but they kept battling. You know, the the Steelers. That's that's one of the, the the best run organizations in all of sports really. I mean, look at the continuity. Right? You had Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin, three coaches, right? In what? 50 years? <laughs> I mean, the Giants have had three coaches in in 6 years. And <laughs> now they're looking for their fourth. And the Giants used to kind of be like the Steelers, right? The Maras and, and the Roonies were very close. Rooney Mara, one of the daughters, is named after, you know, the, 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 the surname of the Rooney family. But uh, Steelers just keep, keep plugging along. Good for them. And the Chiefs are right back in the mix. So now that's going to be a hell of a game, Chiefs-Buffalo. You would have loved to have seen that be the AFC Championship game. But that's going to be a hell of a game. I have really no dog in that fight. Um, I don't really care who comes out of the AFC, to be honest. I mean, Tennessee doesn't really thrill me. They're just not exciting. Nobody outside of Tennessee is excited about the Tennessee Titans. I don't know. They're just. They're, they're just I don't know why. They're just, they're just. I have a tough time getting excited. Bills are exciting because Josh Allen. Chiefs are exciting. Mahomes and, you know, Kelsey and Hill and the whole offense. Even Cincinnati, right? They've got star power now on offense. The Titans? Eh. Ryan Tannehill? Eh. Man, Derrick Henry's a stud, no question. And they have some good players on defense. Right? Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons and Jordan Poyer, um, you know, I get it. Sean Evans. I mean, they, they, you know, but but it's the Titan. You know, AJ Brown's a great receiver, but it's like, eh, Titans. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think, of course. I guess a lot of people would like to see a Tampa Bay Kansas City rematch. I wouldn't hate that, I guess. If that is the Super Bowl and Kansas City wins it this time. Um You know, Kansas City Green Bay, sure. Buffalo Green Bay, sure. But like you know, like a Tennessee San Francisco Super Bowl, me eh. Eh. I'll tell you what I don't want to see is a Tampa Bay-Green Bay Green Bay uh, NFC championship game rematch because I mean, I'll have to root for Tampa Bay in that one. That's how much I despise Aaron Rodgers is I'll I, I'll root hard for Brady over him. And I'll root for Dominic and Sue to absolutely lay Aaron Rodgers out. Alright, shifting gears, let's go to the NBA We'll go to a little Knicks talk real quick So we talked a couple of weeks ago They had a 13 game stretch coming up Where they were going to play a bunch of teams With 500 or worse records And I said they, at a minimum they needed to go 9-4 and four To get 2, or 8-5 and five to get to 500 9-4 would get them over They did that They started to play well again And then, because, because R.J. Barrett had started to play well again. And I've said this before. I understand Randall's supposedly their best player. Um, R.J. Barrett needs to score 20 points, basically, for them to win, against, especially against the good teams. And he'd been doing that. He'd been doing more. He'd scored 30 a couple times. He had that crazy three that he banked in to beat the Celtics. Um, he'd been playing great. Randall not been playing great. He's had some good games. There was a game where they both scored thirty against the Pistons, who aren't any good. Um, they had a game the other night against the Hawks where Randall had twenty six and, and Barrett had twenty-four, and the whole but all the starters played well. Mitchell Robinson, who's also been playing much better lately, played well. Burks played well, and Fournier played well. By the way, the Knicks are ten and two and Fournier scores eighteen or more. So but that tells you he's only scored 18 or more 12 times this year, which is not enough. And then they laid an egg yesterday against Charlotte. Late, you know, a team that they are right next to, basically just behind in the standings. A team that was missing arguably their best player in LaMelo Ball. Um, and they got waxed. I mean, they ended up being losing 97-87. It was never really that close. The Knicks gave up, what, 60-something points in the first half. One of the worst efforts of the year defensively. They missed a million foul shots. They missed 10 foul shots, or 11, I think. No, yeah, 11 for 21. Awful job. Defense was terrible. They passed up open shots. Charlotte basically played a zone against them, and the Knicks kept dribbling into the zone. Randall was awful again yesterday. I know the numbers don't look that bad, but he didn't play well. Nobody played well. Well, the bench played well. Quinton Grimes played well. Toppen played well. And that's about it. I know quickly's numbers look good. That was all second half. He was awful in the first half, and he's been pretty awful most of this year. By the way, if there's a young player the Knicks are going to trade, if they're going to make another trade here, uh, I'm ha- I I have no problem with them trading him because I like, and and not because I'm necessarily down on him, although. He's not played well probably for about 10 days now. It's, I like Quentin Grimes a lot. Thibodeau loves him. I love him. I mean, he's a shooting guard who defends his tail off. And at this point, is a streaky shooter. Okay. I think he can be more than just a three-point shooter, though. I think he's a guy who can take it to the basket. He's got the NBA body. He's six-five and solidly built. I'd like to see Deuce McBride get more time. I really would, and if it's at the expense of Quickly's minutes, that's fine with me. I just Quickly is just too streaky, you know. And he's not a playmaker. He's not really a point guard. Um, and when his shots not falling, he doesn't give you anything else because he's not a playmaker. And his defense is eh, it's not great. And McBride will play defense. And I just think he plays a scrappier brand of basketball. I'd like to see him play, but you know the Knicks are—you know—they're five hundred. That—that's kind of who they are. I mean, look, Fournier is just again same thing. Like, you know, if he's not scoring, he doesn't give you anything else. His defense is lousy. You know, I mean, even Barrett didn't play great yesterday. He said twelve rebounds. I mean, you know, Fournier didn't give you anything else. Now. The Knicks need to, you know, make sure though that he gets shots. And he's another one. I mean, he he just is too passive sometimes. So and look, I'll say this a million times. You know, Julius Randle was a wonderful story last year. As well as he played last year, that's his that's Pretty much how poorly he's played this year. And look, I don't get called caught up in the thumbs down to the fans. Look, he, he did his apology, it was sincere, but something doesn't look right with him. I mean, he just, the body language looks bad this year. He looks like he's in a constant state of annoyance. Like, I, I don't know. But regardless, even peak Julius Randle, he's not. The, if he's the guy, you're you're you have a there's, there's a ceiling there. You're not getting over the hump with Julius Randle as your lead dog. you just not. And it's not a criticism of him. Look, I think, you know, if the Knicks had a dynamic point guard like a Damian Lillard in his prime, you pair him with Randle and Barrett and Mitch Robinson and a couple of these other guys off the bench, yeah, that's, that's a team that can contend to get out of the East, but the Knicks don't have that. So, you know, they're basically 500 teams. So as far as I'm concerned, pretty much anything's on the table if they're talking about making trades, including Julius Randle. Now, I think I've said this before. I'll say it again. The guys to me that you keep are Barrett. Because Barrett drives me nuts, I will admit. he's He is a frustrating player because there are times when he looks amazing and then there are times when you're like, dude, what are you doing? But he's twenty one. It's twenty one. Gotta keep telling ourselves that. He's twenty one. So I'm not giving up I'm not giving I'm not trading Barrett. I'm not trading Miles uh I'm not trading um Quentin Grimes. I'm not trading Obi Toppin. I'm not. I wanna keep him. He's, he's improved from last year to this year, and I there's plenty of room for improvement in his game. He's the kind of guy, he's got to get minutes. He, he, you know, I mean, a lot of guys do, but, I mean, he, you know, this idea that he's, and, and by the way, he's been pretty effective in short bursts, but then he has other games where, you know, he's he, he doesn't get off to a good start, and then Tibbs pulls him, and he never sees a light of day again. So I, I'd like to keep topping, I think the core, the young core going forward is McBride, Grimes, Barrett, Toppin, and I I would keep Mitch Robinson too. Everybody else to me is up for grabs. You want Julius Randle? Go ahead. You want Alec Burks? Sure. I like Burksy. He's a solid veteran. He's a good glue guy. But, you know, he's miscast now in this role as a starting point guard. It's just not who he is. Yeah, he has some really nice games here and there. Then he also has some clunkers like he did last night. That's who Alec Burks is. He's perfectly, he's best suited as like a seventh man on a really good team, which is not an insult. Every team needs a guy like Alec Burks. Guy can play multiple positions, is a streaky shooter, plays good defense, can rebound. You assist, I mean, look, the other night against Atlanta, he had a great game, right? What, he have? 14 points, 9 rebounds, or 9 assists and 8 rebounds, or vice versa, I forget. And An efficient shooting, you know, shot like 5 for 9 or 5 for 8 or something like that. I like Alec Burks, but he's not a foundational player that you can't trade. Same with New Orleans Noel, who's, by the way, been pretty much MIA all year. You know, Kemba, Derrick Rose, I mean, they're both hurt. Kemba looks like he's close to coming back, maybe back tonight against, against Minnesota. And then they just traded for Cam Reddish, who, look, I'm not in love with, right? He's he's a shooting guard who can't shoot. His shot has improved this year since last year. You know, played with Duke, played, played with, with, with Barrett at Duke, with uh, Zion, you know. He has some physical traits you like. He's 6'8 with a one wingspan. Look, they got him for Kevin Knox in a protected first-round pick. To get anything for Kevin Knox is, you know, you get a warm body for him. So, But, I mean, and, and Cam Reddish is hurt right now. He's nursing an ankle injury. But, I, I mean, he, he better not be taking minutes away from Quentin Grimes. I'll tell you that. And he's not going to take minutes away from Barrett, <clears throat> probably from Obi Toppin, and I don't like that either. Which makes me wonder, does that mean that they're gearing up for another move somewhere? And does that mean that's going to be a quickly and topping trade? Or is that going to be a Julius Randle trade? Who knows? Be very interesting to see what the Knicks do here, because again, this roster is currently constructed is not a championship roster. Can they grind and, and get into the eighth spot of the playing game, or maybe you know move up to seven if you know all of a sudden Fournier catches fire and Randall resembles more the player from last year than so far this season? Yeah, they could, but that's that's their ceiling. So another move is either going to come this year, or they'll just. See how far they can go again this year. Make the playoffs. Maybe see if they can get through the first round, possibly. And then you see what they do in the offseason. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. As always, thanks for listening. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, peace out.